ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. We welcome you to Gospel Dynamite, a Christian broadcast dedicated to the salvation of the lost and the revival of God's people. I'm Alan Mashburn, your Bible teacher and the pastor of Asbury Baptist Church, located at 218 Asbury Church Road in Seagrove, North Carolina. We invite you to visit our church at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings and Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock. On Sunday evenings, we provide online services which can be viewed on gospeldynamite.org. Now please join me in the study of the Word of God. You're listening to Gospel Dynamite. I invite you to take your Bible, turn with us to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 21. We'll read to chapter 6 and verse 4. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 21, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. He is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself, for no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth it and cherisheth, it, even as the Lord, the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this call shall a man leave his father and mother, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. This is a great mystery. But I speak concerning Christ and his church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment, with promise, that it may be well with thee, that thou mayest live long on the earth, and ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. This is a really interesting study about the family and what God expects a family to be. And when you make this trek, this study in Scripture, you'll find that the man in the family is the key to making it all work the way God intended it to work. When you study the Scriptures, you'll find that God puts the primary responsibility for having a godly biblical family on the shoulders of the man. I think that may be why men and husbands and fathers have been under such severe attack in American culture. Very often in the media, the husband and the father is portrayed as some kind of bumbling, stumbling fool. We're well aware that men are going through all kinds of pressures in our society. Men have tremendous job pressures today. The economy is tight. And there's more pressure than ever upon men to provide for those that they love. 
Men face tremendous temptations in our society today. There's the temptation of pornography. There's the temptation of alcohol. There's the temptation to cut corners, be unethical, in order to make more money. All of these pressures and many more are against men today. The feminist movement puts pressure on men. And one of the greatest problems in American life today is the feminization of men. There's an effort by some to try to make men like women. The feminist movement tried to sell America on the idea that there's no difference between a man and a woman. But the stubborn facts of biology refuse to go away. Several years ago, Time Magazine had a featured article on the difference between men and women. In it, it discussed why men and women are different, and the result of the article that was the conclusion is that they were born that way. Well, to that we say, duh That is exactly what the Bible teaches. Men and women are just different. Their brains are different. But they're created creatures of God in his image, and they're created exactly perfectly how God designed them. For example, a woman shopping is a social event many times. But for a man, he's just out to get what he desires, and he's ready to run in and run out and hope nobody sees him. Men and women are different, and you can see that on the playgrounds of schools. Boys and girls are different. Boys choose sides for their games on the basis of ability. Girls choose their sides on the basis of relationships. When the boys play and someone gets hurt, they just drag him off the field so he doesn't interrupt the game. When a girl gets a boo-boo, they gather all around and encourage her and support her. Men and women are different, and that's okay. That's how our Creator created us. But today I want to talk about the role of the man in the family. And I've been encouraged in recent years when we've seen in a renewed emphasis on manhood in America and the responsibility of men. Yet, in recent days, recent months, we've seen a full onslaught of attacks on the home, the family, and the fact and roles of men and women in that home. Because of the special day that it is, I want to primarily talk to men. I'm aware of the fact that we have single-parent families all in our listing area. And I don't want to say anything that's discouraging to you. I don't want you to be disappointed by anything that is in front of you because you're trying to bring your family up in a single, single family household. God's going to help you in a special way. Psalm 68 and verse 5 is a scripture. You can claim if you're a single parent, a father of the fatherless, a judge of the widows is God in his holy habitation. That verse is saying that God will help you. And I am not trying to say anything that will make single parents feel bad today. However, God's ideal for the family is that there be one man, one woman, a husband, and a wife. That's God's ideal. I'm going to use some verses of Scripture that are particularly 
directed toward the husband and the wife relationship. First, out of the scripture that we have read, specifically in verse 25 of Ephesians chapter 5, we see the one resounding point is to love your family. You say you don't have to come to church today to know that, and I'm sure that you love your family. But I'm going to talk to you about what's really involved in loving your family. Because there's some illustrations given in Ephesians chapter 5 which tell a man how he is to love his family. Three times in these verses it tells a man to love his wife. Verse 25, husbands love your wives. Verse 28, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. Verse 33, nevertheless let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself. And then he illustrates it. In verse 25, he says, Husbands, love your wives even as Christ also loved the church. Men, love your family like Jesus Christ loved the church. How does Jesus love the church? The love of Jesus for his church was a selfless, sacrificial love. Christ loved the church. He loves sinners. He loves you. And he loves me so very much that he was willing to sacrifice his very life on the cross of Calvary. That's how much Jesus Christ loves us. And that's how much a man is supposed to love his family. It is a sacrificial kind of love. It's not trying to buy the love of your family by giving them things. It's not a bartering for them to love you, for you to do this and they to do that, and I'll love you. It's not a conditional love. I'll love you if. But it is a sacrificial love. Love is primarily a verb. Love is not just something that you feel. Love is something that you do. Love is a decision. You decide to love your wife. You decide to love your children. You decide. It is a conscious decision. It is a sacrificial love. And a lot of men have this whole thing wrong. A lot of men have the idea that to be a real man in the family means that you just have to be a dictator, a tyrant, go get my slippers kind of guy, serve me, do all of this for me. But when you study your Bible, you will find that God commands men to love their families like Jesus loved his church. It is a sacrificing kind of love, a giving kind of love. Not only does the Bible say that the man is to love his family like Christ loved the church, but in verse 28 it says to love as you love your own bodies. Now, men love their bodies. We take care to see that the body is fed. We take care to see that the body is clothed. No man in his right mind is going to double up his fist and beat up his own body. The man is to love the members of his family as he loves his own body. He is to nourish it. He is to cherish it. He is to take care of it. That's God's way. And that's exactly what God wants a man to love his family. That's the illustrations of it. Now there's some applications of how a man is to love his family. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 7. Remember that what is said about husbands is also said about fathers and members of the family. We are extending the application. 
The Bible says, likewise, ye husbands, we can also say fathers, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. First of all, it says that we are to dwell with them according to knowledge. That means that there must be some comprehension on the part of the father. It means that the husband and the father is to do his best to understand the members of his family. Every member of your family is distinct. Every child is different. Every single person in the family requires special observation and special care. I've seen this in our own children. They have the same parents. They've had the same upbringing, but they're totally different. If you have a dozen children, you're going to have a dozen different personalities. And that's an amazing thing. They have the same father. They have the same mother. Yet they're different as night and day. You have to study your wife. You have to study your sons. You have to study your daughters and learn to dwell with them according to knowledge. You don't discipline all children the same, and I've been guilty of this. Some children you may have to spank. Some children you never see them drop a tear. Some children you just give a cold stare. There has to be, because they're all different, there has to be some comprehension involved. You need to know how to positively relate to the members of your family. Then it says giving honor to them. That means courtesy. Treat every member of your family with courtesy. And the world today wants to destroy the family unit. They want to destroy it. Why is the family under such attack? It's because the family was created by God. Satan hates the family. Satan hates the family. He hates it because it was established by God. Please note that it also says as being heirs together of the grace of life. There is to be the sense of grace in the family where we understand that God's put us together and we stand by one another come what may. And we're to comprehend that truth that every member of the family is vitally important, deserves to be loved, nurtured, cared for, and honored. Men, love your families. Families are under attack by Satan. Families are under attack by people in our society that uses all types of garbage to come after our family. But I would also point out that we're to lead the family. You're the spiritual leader, Father, of your family. You're the one who sets the pace in your family. What is involved in a man being the leader of his family? Leadership rides on some other ships. One of the ships is what I call lordship. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 20, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And verse 22, it says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. Both of these verses speak of the lordship of Jesus Christ. You cannot exercise authority unless you are under authority. If a man is going to exercise leadership in his family, he must understand the Bible principle of the lordship of Jesus Christ. And now the man has the hardest role in the entire family setting. 
It is the man's responsibility to yield himself to the lordship of Jesus Christ. That's why every man needs to accept Christ as his savior, not only for his own sake, but for the sake of his family. That's why every man needs to be totally dedicated to Jesus Christ as Lord of his life. You can't lead your family to the Lordship of Jesus Christ unless you're under the Lordship of Jesus Christ. The second ship is partnership. Ephesians 5 verse 21 says, Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Family is a partnership between that husband and that wife. It's an amazing thing to me that some men can lead major corporations, yet they can't even run their own family. And my friend, do you know what's hurt our nation? Do you know what's hurt our homes? Do you know what's hurt our society more than anything in America? My friend, it is not the absentees in church. It is the absentee father. Did you know that there's one million children born in America every year out of wedlock? You know that means there are one million unwed mothers every year. But do you also know that that means that there are many unwed fathers? Sir, it takes more than your contribution of a sperm cell to be a father. Of these children born out of wedlock by the age of 13, they're 60% more apt to be in crimes, drugs, and illiteracy. Marriage is a partnership. If you cannot be a father, then you should not do the fatherly act of creating a home, creating a child. Stand up, be counted, stop being a stinking absentee father. You're the problem, you're the problem, you're the problem of our society. I don't blame all the women for the abortions in the world. We need to put the blame where it lies. It is the men who will not take a stand, who will not be a man, who will not be that person that they need to be for the foundation of our country, for the foundation of America. Stand up. Be counted. Stop being a slouch. Stop being an idiot. Stop being a nut. Stop being someone who just is interested in your self-gratification. And start being a man. Start being a father. Marriage is a partnership. God wants children to have not only a mother, but also a father. God never meant for children to have two fathers. God never meant for children to have two mothers. That's foolish. It is biologically impossible for two women to conceive a child. It's biologically impossible for two fathers to have a child. It only works when God's way works. His way is the only way. God wants children to not only have a mother, but to have a father who's committed to a partnership of making that marriage work. It is called a partnership. And the third ship I would give you is headship. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 23 says, For the father is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church and the Savior of the body. Notice that it did not say that the head over the wife. It said the head of the wife. It's not a dictatorship. A man is not the dictator of the family. He is the head-tator, but he's not the head-dictator. That means that the man is a source of protection. The man is a source of provision in his family. You, sir, are responsible to protect and to provide for your family. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 8, But if any man, if any, provide not for his own, and especially for those in his house... 
He hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. God doesn't have anything good to say about you when you shirk your responsibilities uh, to your family. God bless some of you parents. You provide for your families. You work and bring in the necessary re resources. You get in your cars. You, de you deprive yourselves of needed rest and relaxation. You bring your sons and daughters to church and so they can be taught the word of God and taught the love of Jesus Christ. I would encourage you, carry on. Some of you men, make sure your family's in the pew when the church time comes. You are the head of your family. That means you are the source of protection. You should never allow anything to come into your home that would entice your family to sin or get out of the will of God or fill them with the wrong kinds of thoughts. Don't bring anything in that world of your home that would be unwholesome. You are responsible for where your children go. You are responsible for what they do. You're responsible for the priorities of their lives. The spiritual nurture and development of your children is your responsibility, fathers. It's up to you to get your family in the car and bring them to church. It is up to you. I'm talking about Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, whenever the church doors are open. I'm talking about youth meetings. I'm talking about revivals. I'm talking about the Bible conferences. I'm talking about taking advantage of every opportunity, every help to learn about Jesus Christ and to grow in their relationship with him. You have one job, and that is to prepare your children, not for the world, but prepare your children to meet Jesus Christ. And that is what you're going to be judged for when you stand before Christ. Some of you are going to reap a bitter harvest one day because you're teaching your children that homework is more important than church or homework is more important than time with God or extracurricular activities at school are more important than the Lord. You're teaching them that excelling in something else besides God and his work and the word of God and the main things in their lives is more important than excelling in the things of God. You're missing the boat with these children. You're losing opportunity. You're losing precious time. And there's going to come a day when they're going to show you just how well they've learned the lessons that you've taught them and they're not never going to darken the door of the house of God because you allowed that mess to come into their life. I've seen it over and over and over as a pastor. Some of you men need to get a little steel in your backbone and some, make some godly decision for your sons and your daughters in your family. Verses 25 through 27, it says for husbands to love your own wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Watch this. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. You see, you're to love your family. You're to lead your family, but you're to lift your family. See how Christ lifts the church? And that's the way you're to lift your family. Do you want your children to be all that God wants them to become? In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4, you nurture them. That word nurture means the education of the mind and the morals. They're trained in the ways of God. Admonition. Admonition means exhortation. They're led in the will of God. 
You must help them become what he wants them to be. Don't push them. Don't define their own call. They're not to be daddy called or mama pushed or mama called and daddy pushed. If God wants them to be a Christian truck driver, that's what they should do because that's what God wants them to do. If God wants them to be a, a, a chicken farmer who's a Christian, they ought to be a Christian chicken farmer because that's what God wants them to do. Nothing wrong with that. If that's what God wants them to do, they'll never be happy doing anything else. If God wants that daughter to be a homemaker and help her achieve that goal, whatever God's plan for your sons and your daughters, that's exactly what you should be doing in their lives. Don't be guilty of living vicariously through your children. Don't force them into activities that don't interest them just because that's what you wanted to do. Help them to become who God designed them to be and help them grow in their walk with the Lord. That's the intent behind Proverbs 22 and verse 6, which says, train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. It's a good thing to help your children and get an education. It's a good thing to help them become financially secure. It's a good thing to leave them resources to live on when you leave this world. But if those things are all you give them, then you failed. If all you give them is knowledge and wealth, you've let them down. Sir, give them Christ. Give them Jesus. Give them a spiritual heritage. Give them godliness and teach them that the things of God are the most important things in life. Yeah, being a father is not easy. It's full of unexpected hazards and dangers. There's going to be bad decisions you make. The hard fact is fatherhood and godly manhood can really never be mastered. You don't ever graduate from the school of fatherhood or the school of godly manhood. But as you walk closer to Christ, you'll become more and more like him. Now, why? Man, it all starts in the family. If your faith doesn't work at home, it won't work anywhere else. The family is either like a sand dune or a sculpture. The sand dune has no shape, has no design to it. It just comes about by whatever environmental forces play upon it. It has no real foundation. Tomorrow's wind will change the shape and the look of the sand dune, but the sculpture has a design. It has intention. It has a goal. It has a purpose. Why? For the sake of our children. For the sake of our children. Teen pregnancy is at an all-time high. Sex and drugs, alcohol are words that America's children have learned all too often from experience. And school shootings have let us know that the nation's children have overdosed on violence through television, movies, and music, and video games. Children killing children and teachers at the schoolhouse. Forty years ago, survey shows that teachers listed their number one problem as being gum chewing in class. It's not the teacher's job to educate your children necessarily in how to act and how to live. It's the parent's job. How do you think they learn to walk and talk and eat? They do it by watching. They do it by observation. Where are the parents when these youngsters sit for hours being taught how to kill by violent video games? Where are the parents when rock music blares from the stereo in their children's bedroom and they sit idly by surrounded by posters of rock's most celebrated entertainers on the wall? 
Mom and dad, these songs promote rape, Satanism, teen sex, and they glorify saw, drugs, and alcohol. It is your home. Man up. Take control. You and I, we've invested way too much on our children to give them away. They're my children. They're your children. And it is our job to do our duty until God relieves me and I'll do it for the sake of their, of their livelihood. I'll do it for the sake of our children. Even if that means looking into the face of our government and saying that I don't raise dogs at my house, I'm raising children. They're my responsibility before God. Stand up for Jesus Christ. Stand up for your children. Stand up, Father. Have a backbone of steel until Jesus comes. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We trust it's been a blessing. Trust you'll have a great week in the Lord. Log on to our website, gospeldynamite.org, and let us know if you've accepted Christ or this message has helped you. God bless you, and we trust you have a great day in the Lord.